Are you ready for a firearm-friendly social media? Big tech hates you, your firearms, and your lifestyle. They continually throttle and delete your firearm-related content and the ability to see content you want. Every day, your friends, favorite influencers, gun shops, or manufacturers get canceled and banned. They will not stop till you no longer have a voice. There is an alternative, Gunspace. Gunspace has taken the best components of top social media and fused them together for a unique social experience. A scrollable feed, clubs, podcast network, forum, and NFT creator are features of the app. We want to help you socialize and engage with other firearms enthusiasts, dealers, and manufacturers without random unwanted posts or unrelated advertising. Gunspace, the firearms-friendly social media. Download Gunspace, one word, in the App Store now. You can find us on Gunspace at C-I-P-O-D. Hey guys, we're back to another episode of Clone to Correct. Uh... We kind of realized we're still talking, and so uh, we're we're still here. It's uh, transfer ping and uh, Josh Pate. So get back to it, boys. Yeah. So for- we were talking about reference books. So we're really off in the weeds now. So um, yeah, I'm a big fan of the Vickers books. We have one of the guns that's in the Vickers book. Um. We have the, the RPK RPK seventy four M, right? Yeah. yeah, and uh, the Rob Stop books are amazing. Um, and then the forums are always good for for reference material. If you're looking for reference pictures for cloning purposes or whatever, AK forum is really good. Yeah, no, I uh, I, I enjoy the reference books, and like I said, I, I've really latched onto these head stamp books and I, i've gotten them you know my so i got pistols of the warlords and you know i managed to snag a you know personalized signed copy and of course i waited so long for that book i forgot what i asked to be written in it so it was like opening a surprise and being like gun jesus wrote my book and like that i kind of did the same thing with this one this new one's on uh like the origins of the revolver uh, oh, it's about cool. uh, like Collier revolvers and stuff, and you know it's that weird esoteric shit that Ping likes. That is like okay, like I'm gonna have this random book. Like the only one of these reference books I have that is even marginally like useful to me is fucking the first one, which is Chassepot de Famas, and it's because I actually correct collect French service rifles. Like I, I <laughs> have a little stash of them. That's and awesome. I do. I have used that book a couple of times to go in when I'm looking at something. Like we have a a Bertier in the shop right now. I was like, oh, I'll go look at this because it looks like it's pretty good. And then I come to find out it's been reworked like six times. And this is not right. And this isn't right. And I'm like, okay, this isn't the example that I want, kind of thing. And then like Headstamp teased it. I don't know if it's still coming with the world with the way the world is right now. Uh. But there was a an automat. Yes, I don't think it's happening anymore. I hope it does. Um, I I would really like to get that, book. especially with who was writing it. Like, I would really like to see that book still happen. Yeah, who was writing it? Uh, the guy that runs WorldGuns.ru, uh, Max. Uh, uh, is that the uh, fucking dude that's done the stuff with nine hole reviews? Yeah, no. That was uh, that's Vlad Onokoy. Um, okay. He's over at K- KC. 
this was a different dude. Paltier, or something like that. Yeah, I think something like Max, that. Max Popjanker. Yes, that guy. Oh yeah, because like he's talked about Max guy quite a lot. But uh, that was the guy that was going to do the the Optimot book, and I, I do really hope it still comes because that just that was going to be an awesome book, and I would love to see that still come to fruition. Yeah, I use I use my reference material all the time. Um, as you guys already know, I collect uh, Yugos, specifically Yugo underfolders. I have all four of the M70 underfolder variants. And so I'm working. I just got an AB2 kit, OG barrel, still populated, numbers matching, amazing kit. Um, one of those old kits that you only see surface every now and then. Because uh, they were bought by boomers in like the 90s when they came in and they've been sitting in a basement ever since. Um, so I got one of those and I have an AB1 kit that I'm building right now. And so I use that reference material to make sure that the finish on the receiver is all of the the selector markings, the selector notches, every part on the gun is correct. Um, the finish, how we do the hot bluing, how it matches the kit, the finish on the outside of the receiver. Like, did they sand it? Did they flat sand it? Um, everything like that. I'm able to draw from those books to recreate um, AKs exactly the way they were when they left the factory, just with the new receiver and uh, and one less hole in the receiver. <laughs> yeah, no fun switch. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. you could try, but that's not going to go well. We designed a drop-in auto sear. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's, that's neat. That's it, legit for an AK. It, it works, oh. and you retain full functionality of select fire. That's actually saying something, since a lot of the AR drop-in series, you don't. Yeah, it's way harder to do. Um, there are a lot of caveats with it. Um, it's it's not going to be for everyone. Most people wouldn't be able to use it. But yeah, we have we have a I design mean, for that. Let's be honest. It's not, no, most people can't even buy it. Well, yeah, I mean, currently, <laughs> but like even if they took the design, they had they would have to have a surplus trigger, a surplus trigger, surplus selector that hasn't been neutered, um, a normal surplus hammer that still has the auto sear and then that has to be filed into a dimension uh to thin it out and then they have to have a center support so it has to have a stamped receiver and the rail has to be slotted yeah like there's a ton of caveats and not many people fall into that but uh it's helpful for us because we can. Would you? I was gonna say, what you guys our... design it for? Like, was there a specific gun that you guys did this for? Like, just to like do a video I on? Mean, no, no, no. We have we have like our own personal guns that we have set up like that, um, where we're already using whatever surplus trigger came with the kit, just without the autos here, and um, our rails are slotted, and so we're able to keep our normal guns and keep our collector guns that we spend a lot of time on, keep them semi-auto so we can keep them, and then drop this little thing in that's fitted to the gun. I mean, it's it's very rather difficult to do. But once you get it made and you get it fitted, 
it's very convenient because we can shoot yeah. some of our guns the way they were intended to be shot um, without making them NFA items that yeah, need to go I'm, on our books. I was going to say, because the, the sear is the machine gun, not yeah, the that's, gun. That's really the only useful... So we're like the only people that this really applies to as, as useful, but it is really neat. I was gonna say I could see some like other builders and stuff and collectors, you know, that have SOTs that would be interested in that. Yeah. So, but no, that's that's fucking cool as shit. Yeah. I mean, it's oh. actually kind of a, a convenient way for you guys to do the stuff you do because a drop in auto here for some of the stuff that you're like, all right, we want to make a video on this. We need it to be full auto because it's fun, but like, do we need to really file another form too for another machine gun? Or well, I mean, can we use the auto steer? It's so easy have? for us to register. So any of Brandon's stuff usually just gets third pinned because we don't want to have to like fiddle with this contraption inside the gun. It's very easy to use for us, but like, we take these guns out sometimes to different shoots and we bring people by and we run through a bunch of ammo in these guns. And so it'd just be better to like, we can file form two super easy. Um, we do all the paperwork, Brandon signs it, it goes off and then we build the gun. Uh, it's no inconvenience really. But uh, I was going to say form two is really on an inconvenience. No, not at all. It's more of a, Hey, I made this form. Yeah. It's it's just a notice of manufacture instead of like a well, yeah. manufacturer. Exactly. But like it's one of those things that for the sake of convenience of like, all right, like we can just kind of make this a machine gun because we can. Like it that's that switch system makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's it's the equivalent of like if a gun store has a, a spare M4 full auto lower so that like their employees could bring their normal uppers and shoot their gun in full auto. You mean, you mean like me putting my Mark 18 upper on top of the HK416 lower? Yeah, exactly. It was fun. Hi, hi Harambe. Hi, Harambe. He's being awful quiet. Well, I'll say hi because we are recording. So... But yeah, no, I I one hundred percent have uh, I, I yeah, it's it's a good time. The four sixteen is just a good time, and I if it if it does sell, like I think it's probably going to. I really hope it goes to where I want it to go. Yeah, because it it will be loved where I have talked to people about it going. That's I kind of have the same opinion about a lot of our guns. Like like we can make such gorgeous pieces of art in our shop and it really hurts when you see such an amazing gun that's so well put together go to someone that's just going to do something either really cringe and like reddity to it like taking like a beautiful og barrel polish kit that's absolutely gorgeous and putting like some zeneco on it because that's the hot thing right now that's that stuff really hurts well that's there's a reason that I reached out to you when Bossman was like, find me a buyer for these machine guns. Yeah. Like, that's why I was like, okay, well, I know who to, who to message. Yeah. He, he just hasn't made up his damn mind yet on whether he wants to sink them and get his money out of them or if he wants to 
hold on to them and keep demoing them occasionally. We, yeah. we, I mean, we really don't do law enforcement sales anymore anyways. They're riding on demo letters. They're all factory shit. Demo letters hurt. Yeah. But the thing well, is, not, is... Not working with cops is based, though, so congrats. Well, I mean, I can't say I don't work with them because I just had Drug Task Force come in today and sell us a bunch of guns for pennies on the dollar. So, like, we took in a Webley number two revolver for $50. Oh, that's right. Uh, stop. No, it's okay. It's okay. You don't have to justify it. Like, well, and I didn't even get, get a chance to call dibs on it. Like, I was going to call dibs on Like, I saw it, and I was like, dibs, and they were like, oh, uh, such and such already did. And I was like, and I was like, how much is it, is, is Don selling it to you for? He's like 15 bucks over what he paid. So like he got this thing for 65 bucks. Uh, I'm sitting here looking at my broken ass P7 that I have to fix. And I'm like, God, <laughs> damn it. Hey guys, I got to get off. It's uh, been good talking to you guys. I will definitely be on tomorrow. Yep. No, See you tomorrow, good talking to you boys. Peace. Peace out. So, so no, it's it about to be another. Uh, is about to be another uh, episode of Ping and Transfer Vance. It probably could be, but Harambe's here, so let's include him for a little bit. Hi, uh, Harambe. How are I'm, you? I'm good. I'm not going to be here for much longer. I was just making sure uh, the recording system was set up for for round two. Oh, yeah, no, I, I I have the recording button set up, so we're good. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that was good. So, um. We're covered. I, I can I can manage it. Uh, on the on the top topic of uh, Webleys, though, I really, 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 really would love to get a uh, a Webley. I'll uh, I'll keep you in mind. We bring them in sometimes. So if I get one in at a good price, I'll I'll shoot you a message. I want to get a lot more into revolvers, but like the cost of. 38 special versus 9 mil is like really annoying. So it, it is, but the nice thing is, is you can do like one of those little Lee loader things and you can pack, you know, 38 special revolver ammo on your fucking kitchen floor with a mallet. And like it's a little annoying to pack it, but it brings the cost down to where it's worth it. And like you're shooting such PUD 38 loads, anyways, that. It's not like you're wearing out your brass. Like you I buy mean, five, six boxes and just continually keep reloading it, and you know you're you're pretty much fine if as long as you're shooting kind of a like a more target load, like a 158 grain lead round nose at about you know 800 feet per second. You you really I mean, you're not being Yes, but at the same time, what's the difference of being like, all right, I'm going to go buy a 9 mil revolver with some fucking, uh, uh, like, wound clips and just use that to, to practice or, with. Or you could beat Gucci and buy an MR-73 with a conversion cylinder. Don't know who would have one of those My guy, currently. My guy, the things I'm going to spend money on before an MR-73, despite having an irrational love for revolvers and 357 Magnum, <laughs> is very high. Or I could say a coarse combat 9mm. We had one of those come through. That was pretty cool. 
I I would probably be more likely to buy something from Ruger if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll go buy a Ruger like GP100 variant that has like a fucking Dude, nine it, mil moon it, it's clip. So, it's like, so dumb. I like I I pull a gun out of a box and you see how like these are packed and. Like they're packed in a cardboard box and they're wrapped in bubble wrap. You're sitting there with a little razor blade cutting their bubble wrap off and you open it and it's, oh, this is a German border guard P210 that's worth a shit ton of money that I'm just sitting here, you know, cutting open with a, a razor blade one slip and I could fuck this up. It's a little nervous or nerve wracking. Like this last shipment, we had a, uh, a P210 Jubilee, uh, and they're if you've ever seen them, they're beautiful guns. They're just absolutely beautiful guns. Fucking the whole gun is fire blued. It's got ivory grips with like the the uh, the Swiss cross in them, and it, they're just a beautiful gun. You open it up and you're like, oh, yep, that's twenty thousand dollars sitting right there in that box. And like, then this is this is why. It, our FFL went away. Like this is why we don't do face to face anymore. Like it's that it, we're bringing in that kind of guns and you know I, I my buddy struggles. He's in the dating pool right now and we're kind of a college town, so you know there's more liberal you know mindset there, and especially in his age group because he's younger, and you know he he struggles with it. He's you know that it'll come out. You know what do you do for work? And he'll be like. He kind of dodges around it. He's like, oh, I work for an importer of fine collectibles. And which, which isn't wrong. Like, technically, that's right. And but... that's, the, that's the PC way of putting it. But then, you know, once you get to talking about it, it's, you know, oh, well, you sell guns and you contribute to this. Like, no, man, the, the shit I'm selling is, isn't what's doing this. Like, you know, the dude that runs this card for you know, $25,000 for a couple of SIG it. guns. Just fucking out. Like, that's all he needs to do. So he just needs to fucking out. It. Well, like, and that's what, that's what I told him. Like, like I told him, I was like, dude, I was like, you just need, like, if these, if these women are going to like come at you that way. And like this last one he was talking to had a, uh, a master's in forensic psychology and she she made this like statement and he showed me it and he, she made this statement that she was more qualified to talk about guns because she has a degree in forensic psychology and knows how criminals think and da 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 and i was like and and so he asked her he's like well do do you know the process to buy a gun and like what you have to do and she was like oh well no not really but it it's pretty easy from what i hear and there's no background checks and blah 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 and i was like like he was like no you paid for a degree to lie to you like and and i told him and i was like it might be her fucking with your head too because she has a degree in forensic psychology so like she you know learns to fuck with people's heads but like at the same time there are people out there that legitimately think that you go to the gun store and don't have to do a background check like, I can't tell you how many people I had come to the counter when we still had a storefront there from July to November 1st, where it was, what do you mean I had to do a background check? That's the way it should be. You shouldn't have to do a background check. You should be able to buy a full auto off of Amazon. I Here don't disagree, but people don't understand the laws we have now. They'll never and, understand them, so it doesn't matter, man. Yeah. Like, 
you're you're going to be preaching to the choir or you're going to be preaching to the heretics and there's no in between well i can move on today that's that's where i told my buddy i was like man if you get these get these women that are just going to argue and like if if their view on firearms isn't even like is not even slightly positive and they immediately start talking about how things need to be more restricted and stuff because this guy's a B class shooter. He's on his way up. He's doing good. He's, he's a great PCC shooter. And I, I told him, so, I was like, so he's a mediocre shooter and everything else. No, no, no. He actually, he can run a fucking handgun. Really this is a well. joke about PCC shooters. I JK, I love you, Max Lee Grandis. You're an amazing shooter. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I have seen Max shoot and he's terrifying. I'm sure. I've shot I'm, I'm really mad. I'm he, really mad. I missed that episode. Well, when we, I, I, this is a little teaser because we're going to be probably recording another episode about two gun stuff, and we're also be recording another episode with Max. Um, it's been a little bit of a time coming because we have, you know, life has happened. Um, Max easily took top spot at his own sport, which some people will say, well, that's kind of figuring, but like. That was actually a pretty challenging course of fire, and Max is fucking able to run a gun better than most. If you look at his times and shit, like, a boy's real fucking good. He knows what he's doing, and he made a really good... He, he's got something on his hands that's fucking awesome, so... But, yeah, yeah no. Um, fucking... I had to make my PCCs for not real shooters joke, because it was low-hanging fruit, but, um, no, Max is a real shooter. Scary. Um, Car- Carter's a Carter's a good shooter. Like he he can run. Carter's Carter's biggest setback is his damn gun because it's kind of pieced together, and so it has some reliability issues, and it it it's, it it costs him quite a bit. But the kid's fast. But so when it comes to when it comes to his dating thing, is like, yo, man, like you shouldn't fucking hide. Well, and that's that's kind of what I told him. I, I got to the point where, you know, it, if these women aren't even, like, slightly positive towards firearms, you just need to move on. Like, you need to, to just cut that loss and go, like, before you get even involved. Because you and I told him, I was like, you're not you're not going to change these people's minds. Like, you're, I, I, at this point, like, I'm kind of similarly in his shoes, but, like, my, my, my perspective at this point is... I'm just going to lead with, like, I've been carrying a gun for, like, six years. You're not changing my mind on anything. Yeah. Right? Like, I've been carrying for six years. I've been involved in the shooting sports for at least 11 years. Like, seriously. You're not changing my mind. No, you're not. And that, that's and where... it's not going to be innegotiable. There's not well, going to be... I'm going to grow out of this, like... This is this is my thing, right? There's a couple things that are like my thing, but this is one of them that doesn't change, and I'm not about to be debated or argued with. So, like, and I feel for dudes in that position. I feel for you in that position. I feel for you know Carter in that position. It's it is what it is. You, you, know, you don't I, get a good I, easy answer, man. Like you really don't. But like, no, honestly, it, it's like, it's got to be hard to deal with. And you know, like you know me, I kind of got lucky and my wife's as big of a gun nut as i am and you know if i want to buy a gun it's like okay well then just fucking do it you retard like can we afford it okay do it yeah like you know and she knows and like a lot of my anniversary presents or birthday presents i get you know it's it's gun related most of the time like 
You know, she bought me my M9, you know, and it's stuff like that. And so, I mean, I, I got lucky and I know it's not that easy for everybody. So I, I feel for dudes like that, that kind of struggle with that. Well, I mean, like for me, fortunately, but, like I'm in a red ish state, which helps. Like I'm in a red, red state, but I'm in a, <clears throat> in a metro area. So that, that helps, but it's not the best. Um, so like, it's not entirely unlikely for me to go on a date with a chick and her be like, oh, do you like, so what do you do? Like, oh, I like to shoot competitively and like, you know, like I'm really big into shooting sports and they'll be like, oh yeah, that's cool. Like I've, I've been thinking about getting my concealed carry. Like that's not nothing that hasn't come up on dates. Yeah. But also like, I'm the other end of the spectrum in like an age a date age range that's like my age which is like mid 20s which i feel like works a little bit better uh for yeah compared to like early 20s and late teens like people get a little bit more years on them and a little bit more understanding of how the world really works and there actually are some really scary people in the world uh, even if you believe some gun control is reasonable, you'll also understand why people actually want to own guns. Well, and you start to realize that sometimes violence is the only answer. Correct. Uh, it really is. Um, oh, hey, since this is now, because uh, Harambe has dropped off, RIP Harambe. I know. He didn't even say yeah. bye. He did say bye in the, in the chat. He just didn't say bye in the, in the call. So he did say bye. I said goodbye. Um, no. I talk to him regularly, so it'll be okay. It's okay. My dick's out for Harambe because, uh, it, it, as is tradition, um, it's important. You know, it is worth honor. Dick's out for Harambe, and Harambe's throbbing cock. So it, it is the only right thing to do. It really is. Um, now uh, we have the opportunity. Pocket guns. We've been we've been talking about this topic for a while, my guy. Oh God, pocket guns! I have rediscovered the J Frame revolver, and I will probably catch flack for that. I, um, I'm going to catch more flack than you. I pocket carry upon occasion a 32 automatic Beretta Tomcat. That's based <laughs> as fuck, though. Let's be honest. I'll, I'll take the flack with you for that one. That's based <laughs> as fuck. I'm completely fucking fine with taking flack for that. It's a really cool gun. It's, it's, a really such a cool, it's such a cool gun, I, and you know what? I'm I just have a really funny story about how I bought it too. Um, so I was um, I was talking to one of my uh, buddies, and I told him like, "Hey, man, like, I was gonna go check out this other side of town, you know, because I kind of considered the idea of moving out there and all this kind of shit." So, um, like, we'll go to this other neighborhood and go take a look and maybe go stop by a shooting range on the other side of town and go kind of check out the neighborhoods and all that shit. He's like, okay, that's fine. But also like, I need to stop by my FFL, my local FFL to go pick up something. And I'm like, what are you going to go pick up? And he's like, Oh, I got to go pick up this like fucking handgun. And it's a home FFL. So I go with him to this home FFL and I'm sitting in this guy's fucking house. And, um, <laughs> another customer of this FFL comes in and he's like, well, I've got some guns that I want to trade in or sell. So if anyone here wants to buy it, any of these and let's go for it and he pulls up two other handguns and he's not really interested uh, i'm not really interested in any of them 
and he pulls out this t- the bread of Tomkins. Like, I don't know. I, I don't ever like this fucking gun. Like, ah, it's not my thing. And I'm like, all right, well, how much do you want for it? He's like, I, 150. I take 100. And I'm like, $100. Here you go. Yeah, just $100 cash. $100. Um, and I bought myself a fucking uh, Beretta Tomcat. The, mo- the, the most based of pasta gat carry pocket guns. I like the thing is, it sucks to shoot. It's not fun. I, I don't know, really it's, like it. It's not. But it's $100. Um, that one of the things I do like about cool. it is it's got a heavy enough double action that I don't have to worry about carrying a live round in the chamber um, with the safety off or anything like that or with a pocket hole without a pocket holster. Like, that's all fine with that gun. So I'm fine with that. Um, and the single action is actually pretty decent. Um, you're not pulling off any accurate shots with this gun. Like, you're really not. It's not accurate. Yeah. Oh, and the sights are basically non-existent. Correct, but um, this gun does replace um, an LCP Max that I had because the LCP Max is... Uh, uh, it was not... It was okay... But it wasn't anything I really liked, and I kind of wasn't okay. No, with it. and it, you get a lot of cool factor with this Beretta. Well, also it's uh, like kind of a factor for me of um, like what am I trying to do with the gun and what's important with it. And for yeah. me, um, the pocket gun really doesn't serve a primary carry purpose for everything. Um, and I would probably be more willing to consider it with something that was in like 38 or 380 or something. Fair. Over a 32. 32 is not primary gun category, and I'm not going to veer. Like, my, my stance doesn't veer. No, I, I don't disagree. It's, it's like not primary gun. Handgun calibers. There's just there's no answer on that. Um, no. That's that's not primary gun, but for a pocket gun that you're not carrying every day. Where this gun makes a lot of sense for me, so like living in my apartment complex and living in apartment complexes in general, if I'm going to go walk out and go run to my truck to grab something, or if I'm going to go run to check the mail or something like that, a 32 in my front pocket um, of my gym shorts, uh, Makes a lot of sense. It's perfectly fine. I have eight rounds of 32 ACP. If I can't get back to my apartment with eight rounds of 32 ACP, I have ended up in a really bad spot. You're probably in a body bag, honestly. Yeah. Like, and if there's, like, if North Korea has suddenly landed in my apartment complex and uh, they're searching for people, well, um, my 32 is going to have to figure out how to get me another gun. Like we're, we're going to turn this uh, 32 into a modern day uh, liberator. Yeah. I'm going to turn this into a North AK heartbeat. If Korea has had dropped paratroopers into the parking lot of my apartment complex and I'm not in my apartment. Right. Like, there, there's no other option on this one. This is this is also too where like, but that's not happening uh, every day. No, and this is that's what I've got to like. So many people are afraid to to carry 
a gun outside of the let's call it acceptable standards. I'll be kind of posh about it. You know, I'm not going to carry that because it's not acceptable. The reality of the situation is for most of us, me, you, you know, like um, I'm, I'm the opposite end. I don't carry a Tomcat. I carry a, a five shot J frame. Uh, a 38 plus P and I load it with 38 plus P. I have five rounds of 38 plus P and I got a five round speed strip. Am I going to get through that speed strip? Fuck no. If I need it, I'm fucked. But yeah, you the cylinder, <laughs> the speed, the, you're not standing around with a completely empty gun while you're waiting for the cops to show up after you. Right. Like, but that's the point of that. <laughs> I mean, that said, you know, like, is the gun a passable, you know, defensive piece still? And I, I argue, yeah, you know, there's a role where, you there's know, a, that that gun is completely applicable and still usable. There's a lot of viability in a pocket thirty-eight, and it, a, it's kind, of, it's kind, kind of the same thing as you said. I can drop it in a pocket with no holster. And I ain't gotta worry about shit. It ain't going off. And what? that's after that's after I lighten the trigger. Even it's got a lighter than stock trigger in it. Well, I'll even say this in defense. Yeah, the Ruger LCP Max. Um, because I've had that gun, and I sold that gun. Um, to um, a family friend who uh, did not have a carry gun. Uh. But I had a, I had an LCP Max for a little bit, and that gun was a perfectly fine carry gun. Um, I actually did primary carry the LCP Max every now and then. Um, oh, it I, but it I, worked. And what my argument of that was, <laughs> listen, man, the LCP Max is the only one for a pocket primary carry, I'm willing to say, will replace 5-shot 38J. Well, the, and like, I, you know, like, I... I still primary carry the J frame some days. It's kind of a thing. Play this argument on this because I think there's kind of something to it. Is like the J frame is probably the best answer for a pocket frame, a pocket carry gun, like a J frame or an LCR. Like a small revolver is better for pocket carry in general. The the uh, basic answer for the LC or for the Tomcat that I have is a rule one gun. Uh, is a yeah. right as I have a gun, um, and eight rounds of thirty-two is probably perfectly fine because if I actually need my gun, this rule one gun, when I'm walking around getting my mail or whatever the hell I'm doing, um, or you know grabbing something from my truck or running down to grab Uber Eats or something like that, right? Uh, if I need my fucking gun in that moment. Um, my 32 ACP with eight rounds in it, uh, <laughs> will probably suffice. But Most it's like very. Um, that 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 said, like, uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, South Nark, the dude that runs Shivworks. Yeah. Uh, he has 38 J frame. Uh, sim guns. And on request, over the past 15 years that he's been doing training, he just put a blurb out about this not too long ago, so I can use this, and I'm proud that I can use, you know, 
current things. Uh, in the 15 years he's been doing training, he's been requested to bring these guns out like 10 or 15 times. So, you know, less than once a year, let's say. Yeah. He made the comment that he has never had a student not be able to finish the shooting task in his classes. With yeah, five I, well, and the and, other thing, it's and it, it, granted, it, that's ECQ. Like, it does the grappling and it does the the close quarters. Oh shit! Like what South Park teaches really well. Yeah, you, well, you're not fouling up a slide. Like you don't have to worry about. Oh my god, my slides in his fucking belly, and now my gun doesn't fucking function. This is the only reason that the Tomcat has a win over something like an LCP. Fixed barrel. Fixed barrel. So it is functionally when it, it is not different uh, revolver when I jam that, if I have to jam that thing in somebody's eye socket. Like it, that, I can jam that in somebody's eye socket and make it eat four rounds and it will work. Oh, and that's why I also make, and you know, one of the arguments I make when people go, why do you carry an X300? Well, you know, if I have to jam this in somebody's belly, you know, this X300 can potentially keep me from, it, it will know, make it, work, right? it makes it harder. It, it, could, it could actually be the difference of the gun working and the gun not working. You know, especially on a Glock 19, you know. You get something like a Glock 19 with an X300 on it, you're probably not going to drive it out of battery because you're dry, the contact you're making is with the light. Correct. And uh, so those kind of things matter in those kind of contexts, but like the pocket carry, the, the factor I think we forget about this stuff is that at the end of the day, our willingness to carry a cool gun in public and have, a, have an awesome carry gun that's super good for what we want it to be, and we're shooting it good, and the amount of personal confidence in your carry gun that it is provided by having a handgun that you really like like a full-size handgun as well as carry all the time, that confidence given by having that gun is good. It is. And like you said, normal person. Rule one is rule one. Rule one is have a gun. You to to be complete rule one, you must have gun. And also, at some points, you just actually have to be accepting that you have to be a normal person. This is you. you we you I, can't always dress as a tactical hobo. Yeah, the, there is a reason why the Glock forty three and the P three sixty five and the Hellcat and the fucking Taurus GX fours, the Bread APX carries. You can go to the fucking Walter PPS. You go whatever fucking direction with this you want to go to, right? These micro-compact guns are your best-selling guns on the market right now because they allow you to carry a firearm and be a normal fucking person. Not right. everybody's like me and goes to work every morning wearing a full-size 1911 with a reload, a knife, a fucking surefire, like, standalone light, a palm OC spray, and a fucking tourniquet shoved in my back pocket. Right? Not everybody even, like, will look at a Glock 19 and say that's, like, what you want to have on you all day. A lot of people think that's too big. Now, I think that I would define those people as bitches, and they should just start carrying a regular fucking gun. Uh, I don't disagree, but uh, we're, we are talking the normies here, so... The reason for having a smaller gun sometimes. 
And the difference between the smaller gun of the J-frame and the smaller gun of, like, a P365 is the J-frame is a gun that is actually proportionally really comfortable for what it is, right? Yeah. Like, the, some of these guns that are designed to be pocket guns can be designed very well to do what you want them to do and work reliably. And that trade-off is worth the reduction in size, whereas sometimes maybe a Glock 43 or a, um, a P365 or a Hellcat feels like a compromise, right? Yeah. Well, and like... It might be worth you know, it. Full dis- Full disclosure, I made my J-frame bigger. It still fits in a pocket, but I put bigger grips on it. So I could have more control. You can have it fit the way you want. There's a lot of ways to make it fit the way you want. That's not even a hard question to kind of, like, argue about. Like, you can make it fit the way you want it to do, but, like, the answer really is, like, a, a gun that is capable of being designed appropriately for a small gun and especially if we're talking about close contact shootings um a glock 34 is really fucking stupid if somebody's trying to beat your head in with a fucking knife right yeah. you in the head with a fucking brick and you're trying to put a glock 34 into their chest i you're actually gonna have a bad time with that glock 34 Every other circumstance you can need a handgun for, the Glock 34 is probably the best fucking handgun you can bring to a gunfight. I'm going to be honest. I, I am. It's pretty high on the list, yeah. I, I, I will say, if there is a circumstance I need a handgun for, there is a, it is a, hard, a hard decision for me to not choose to bring a Glock 34. It's going to work. It's going to be accurate. If I can actually be on my shit as a shooter and know how to shoot that gun, I'm going to hit with that gun, and it will shoot consistently accurately and reliably every fucking time, because it's Glock 34. So I end up I end up my ideal gun when I go back to Glocks. Um, ends up being a Glock 34 size, but it's not a Glock 34. I... My, ide- my ideal is a G45 with a... Uh, with a comp. With a comp. Which is... Um, pick what you want. I love la, la Roland Special, basically. It could be wrong, but it's okay. <laughs> still got but, the X300. I'm, you know, I'm still rocking X300s. I won't move away from them. Mainly because right. I, I love my floodlight. It's very comfortable and lets me carry whatever the fuck I want. Filster, please sponsor us. I'll, I'll talk that shit up all day. I love my Enigma. I've been using it for a year, over a year. It's been phenomenal. I love the, it. The, the, the City Special holster for the J-Frame uh, is a really good Appendix J-Frame holster. Like, it's really fucking good. I love, I love their shit. They really make good shit. Yeah, um, they do. But, legitimately, the difference here, right? The Glock 34 or any whatever, you take your pick of your full-size holster. It could be a full-size pistol. It could be a fucking... You know, goddamn X5 Sig P320. It could be an M9A3. Like I'm a known to carry. They do carry an M9A3, honestly, a lot. Um, take your picks. What do you want to do, man? Which which gun you want to fucking use? Fucking awesome. Cool. Take that full size gun and try to use it as you can still carry a gun. Is it going to be the gun you're always going to grab? Maybe, maybe not. Right. Um, I am disciplined 
carrying my full-size gun. I am that guy. But sometimes I don't want the full-size gun. Sometimes I want the small gun. And being able to flex into... If I had to pick two handguns, and I was only allowed to own two handguns, and I could pick any two, um, just off the top of my head, I would probably maybe consider the idea of a Langdon Beretta 92 and a five-shot 38 snub. So we're we're similar. Uh, if I if I could only come down on two handguns, it's it's my Nighthawk and it's my my five shot snub. Those are the two handguns I have because I can do anything I need to do with my Nighthawk, or I can you know pocket carry and small gun carry my my J frame. So yeah, I will pick the old antiquated one, and I'll get made fun of for it later. So and the thing is, so like. I could pick a, ni- a Langdon 92 and probably pick a Langdon 92 with a dot if because I'm an asshole. Um, I need to send my Beretta to Langdon. Uh, Langdon Tactical, please sponsor me. Um, I love you a long <laughs> time. Uh, but I I like the Langdon stuff, and I like the Beretta stuff, and I like Berettas, but even then, like, if I took my, my G45, right, that I am uh, waiting on uh, my slide cuts from, and uh, when I get the slide cuts back from these guys and if they turn out good i will let everyone know and give them a shout out uh because if they're good at what they do they deserve a shout out and i am hoping for the best because i got to look at a little bit of their milling work before i uh paid for the milling work i got to look at it with my own eyes and they're good they're really good at what they do um i would probably pick that glock over a Beretta because it's not going it's Glock, to, right? <laughs> also, as, with an acro and a light on it, like that gun can't. There's not much that gun can't do, right? <laughs> a G forty five with an acro and a light. There, there's really not a whole lot that gun can't do. No, that gun will do everything you you want it to do. Exactly, right? But um, where the snub does uh, well is. I can't have a gun here. Yes. And now I have a gun here. Right? Uh that's this is a this is like a non-permissive environment. Thing. I was going to say we could we could get into the whole non-permissive environment conversation because that's and where a five shot so I kind not of endorse in bre- I do not endorse breaking carry laws. I'm not going to tell you to break the law, but at some point you have to make the decision of am I going to be armed or am I not? And am I going to accept this risk? My common phrase that I come back to, um, free men make their own decisions and accept the consequences of their actions. We all agree on this. This comes down to pistol braces. This comes down to illegal carry. This comes down to a lot of things, right? Free men make their own decisions and accept the consequences of their actions. And if you have decided to accept the consequences of your actions and you're going to sneak a gun because you can't, right? Well, the J-frame is really easy to sneak. Oh, yeah. It's a really easy sneaky gun. It hides it's also a really so easy well. gun. It's a really easy gun for the lazy carry of not oh, man, like, I can't carry a gun. Like, uh, I don't feel like carrying a gun today, but 
mentally and emotionally carrying a gun right now is going to be fucking horrible. And I can't carry it. It's like, if you have a, a hungover morning coming home from the bars and your girl's like, hey, can you run and get us coffee? And you're like, sure, let me go. Let's go get, I'll go get some coffee for us. I'll be back in 20 minutes. And you're going to drive hungover to go get coffee. Are you going to grab a full size Beretta or are you going to grab a J frame? Well, I'll come to personal things and I get migraines. And just because I have a migraine doesn't mean I don't go to work or anything. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times, you know, I still have to function. I still have to do things. I still have to be an adult. So when I have a migraine, I don't put my 50 ounce Nighthawk on I put my fucking J frame in a pocket and go I have a gun at least I have a gun like there's some there's some sensory sensory overload that comes with my migraines and you know I can't necessarily you know carry a big gun it it, it could be a, a, a burden to carry a big gun sometimes and like to have the flexibility of a gun that can be carried in places that Normally you shouldn't. Um, while I don't endorse the doing so of com- breaking the law publicly for all people, the ability to know that you can have a gun easily concealed and readily available for you is an advantage. And the pocket carry thing makes a lot of sense. Like if you're going to a wedding, right? And like everyone says the drip of having a shoulder holster, like we were just talking about with Pate um, not too long ago, right? Um, which I think that was last episode, but that was for us like an hour ago. Um, shoulder holsters have a drip and they're cool. Oh yeah. But if you're going to a wedding and uh, you're taking that jacket off, dude, because it's getting hot and everyone's on the dance floor, right? And you're not, maybe you're, you know, caring and you're not drinking and your girl wants to get out and dance. Well, a 38 in the front pocket is still a gun. Still a gun. That and said, depending it, on the wedding you're at, ripping your jacket off and having a shoulder holster with something cool in it. Some might, might be, okay be socially it. acceptable. Some might be okay with it and some might not be, Right. You like, know the the, and it's the people. Not even, that, it's not even the wet. It's not even the people at the way. It could be the groom, right? Yeah. So, like, uh, my brother got married this year, and he was yelling at me when we were taking pictures. He's like, "Take your fucking pocket knife out of your pocket," right? So but it's you, funny. My if if you go back through my, if. I had a, a super kind of shotgun wedding with my wife. So this was, there was a total of like three people there. It had, I had just had an ordained minister. You know, we, we did this on the cheap. We didn't want to spend a lot of money on it. I'm carrying a gun in all of my wedding pictures. And believe it or not, it is, is an old school blued Smith and Wesson model 36 J frame with a square butt and an FBI Bianchi style holster on my waistband. Just a, like, between my wallet and my hip. Like that old school kind of FBI carry. And that's, that's, it's clearly visible in all of the pictures. And it's gotten to the point, like all of my friend group, when I do go to a wedding, which is not very often, expects that I have a firearm. Like they, they know that he has a gun. 
Oh, I'm the, I'm that guy with all of my friends too. But again, um, like, like my I had to fly out to my brother's wedding, and I I flew out with a fucking handgun because I can. You know, I have a Pelican case, so I'm gonna fly with a gun. That's really not that much of a pain in the ass to fly with a gun. It really isn't. It, like it, flying with guns, pretty easy. Um, but yeah, like I flew out with a fucking. You know, I had a Glock, and I had a holster, and I had a um, like a couple magazines and a, a pocket knife and a box, and that's what I had, right? And like that's, but like I couldn't fucking carry it at the wedding. But also, I was planning on drinking a shitload, so um, it did not carry at the wedding, obviously, because <laughs> <laughs> I got shit housed. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like the the factor of being able to just slip a gun in in convenient ways makes a lot of sense, and I would argue that for a lot of people who are willing to put the time into a J-frame, uh, a J-frame is probably a better pick than a P365. I would agree. Because it needs it needs to be said, because you said it, all of these small pocket guns are uncomfortable to shoot, and you're going to have to put the time in with them and be uncomfortable with them. Like yeah, it is not, they are not fun guns to shoot. Not even a thirty-eight J frame with pud loads, little fucking gallery style pud loads in it is fun to shoot. It's still fucking They're terrible. Fun. They're fucking horrible guns to shoot. But what you get out of them is the ability to have a gun wherever you go. Yeah, and that benefit is amazing. And it's not the gun you pick for everything, but sometimes when you need a gun, there's a really good, uh, there's a really good answer on this. And what it, the- it, it, it's not the gun that you go, you know what? I'm going to get into a gunfight today and you take, the, I, I'm going to go get in a gunfight with my J frame. That is not the gun that you want. That said, if like you said, you're going to the seven 11, if you're going to the seven 11 to get something because at 11 o'clock at night, because your wife wanted something, and or, you're or like, get, okay, I'll go. Like, like midnight because you're a dad. And you've got a fucking douche, a fucking, you know, armed robber that's threatening everybody in the store with violence. Well, guess what? It'll douche that armed robber pretty, pretty well. You can do a lot of work with the 38. And um, so one of the things I will, I will, we'll get off the pocket revolver topic and the pocket gun topic. One, with me fully acknowledging that the 32 ACP is purely because I have it, and a, a snub's on the short list just so that I have a real caliber pocket carry again. Um, and two, I will uh, tell our listeners to go, and I hate to tell people to go to primary and secondary because it's such a fucking... Such a decisive place. It's such a divisive place, and there's such a fucking circle jerk of people that think they have all the knowledge in the world that are there, and it's a lot of dick writing. Like PNS, a lot of dick writing of a lot of people. It really it is. is. That said, there is good info to be had. There's a lot of good info, and they have especially a mod- one especially- of their podcasts on on snubs. They have a snub nose revolver podcast 
with Daryl Bulky. And it's great. It is wonderful. And it, it, if you listen to that and your thought isn't, I need to go buy a J-Frame after that, you kind of fucked up. Right? You didn't listen to anything that the guy said. And he, like a lot of the points he made is like, you, is, you can use it as a gun for a lot of people if you took the average Joe who needed to have a carry handgun on them, right? And it's a gun they can immediately determine it's loaded, loaded, if it's loaded or not, with no effort, literally no effort to tell if the gun's fully loaded or not, right? They can shoot it reasonably well within 10 yards, and they can get a sub-second headshot on somebody from the pocket. That in itself, like those simple factors outweigh all of the capacity restrictions that fucking gun has, right? Let me let me throw an extra loop in, and I'll be controversial because I, I like doing this. Having a having a exposed hammer on your snub is not a bad thing. I was wanting to get off of this topic, but I have to disagree. I know you will, but having the exposed hammer in my mind, especially on a modern Smith & Wesson snub nose, I'm just talking Smiths here, so like the 637 is what I carry. Having that little tiny exposed hammer isn't necessarily a bad thing. A, I don't find that it snags. I, I have done a lot of dry fire work with this, including draws from a pocket. I've not had it snag. Um, and it's going to sound dumb, but on those days where I have a migraine and the average grocery aisle is 27 yards, being able to, you know, you know, I'm trying to get away from the active shooter and I just happen to notice he stepped into the end of the aisle. I can run that hammer back real quick and take that lighter trigger shot. And I can reliably put hits on target with my J-frame out to 25 yards doing that. So having that option, as it's not a bad thing in my book to have that option. I'm not going to disagree with you. I'm just going to make the, the point and leave it at this that these pocket guns aren't for that, and the, arguing and debating that is a, a very foolish... No, we're, we're talking a very niche outlying circumstance that I decided to go with a, a exposed hammer for. I, the thing is, I just... I, the, the exposed hammer is a, is a thing that I just find doesn't really end up impacting a whole lot, so for me, it doesn't matter, and I don't really care. Uh, for, what, for my mileage, I, I don't really give a fuck. Uh... But I and then my I, last thing on J frame revolvers is I really want to make a mount for an RMRCC for mine. I, I would make the argument for me that in circumstance every single time I have to try to make a shot at twenty five yards uh, with a small gun, I would pick a P three sixty five over a snub every single time for a twenty five yard shot. Oh, I would too, with a I, dot on it. Even with irons, I would pick that P365 over the fucking snub. No, end. I'm just saying the ideal is a P365 with a dot on it. Well, yeah. The ideal is a fucking uh, Phoenix. I'm, staying, I'm, I'm staying in small guns. 
Yeah, well, exactly. And even in small guns, like, there's a lot of other stuff out there that's really good with this, too. But, like, yeah. my point being that the for the small gun thing, the point of it is it should be concealable. And it should be concealable in a way that you can concealable, conceal it in multiple ways of carry outside of a traditional holster. Right? If it's smaller than a Glock 19, your ability to be able to conceal it in multiple methods that aren't a holster is better. And using a pocket-friendly design gun like a J-frame snub is better than a Glock 43 or a 365 in those circumstances because like pull out of pocket, press out, pull a trigger within three yards is going to be a realistically likely thing for you um, compared to the full-size gun. Now, yep. I would even make the argument of this. It is... And we'll, leave, we'll ditch the pocket gun thing on this. A lot of the times... And it's and you'll look fucking crazy to a DA on this. So I won't count this as legal advice. But I would tell the average person that you're probably better off carrying a Glock 19 and a 38 Special Snub Nose Revolver in your offhand over a Glock 19 and a spare magazine. Yeah. Because the amount of times that you're going to need to reload that Glock after a self-defense shooting is insanely low. If you are in a self-defense shooting that you need to use your second magazine to reload the gun because you've expended all of the ammunition in the magazine of that gun, if that's what's happened to you in your self-defense shooting... You need to be finding a fucking rifle. No, you're not going to be getting on the news. You're going to be getting a fucking Wikipedia page. <laughs> right? <laughs> if a self-defense <laughs> has involved you getting a spare magazine into play because you needed all the ammunition, you have gotten yourself into a wild shitstorm. But the reality of you also getting stopped, carrying your Glock 19 and walking to your car in a parking lot and someone pinning you against your fucking car, right? Getting your Glock 19 in that circumstance is actually going to be kind of hard. But getting a snub out of your left pocket and putting that thing in the guy's chin? Probably easier than trying to get to the Glock on your uh, appendix carry holster. Yeah, you know, and like... Like, it's probably easier to pull to draw a snub with your offhand and pin it into the motherfucker than it is to draw the Glock 19s in front and center. John Korea says it well, too. The first guy to get a shot in the meaty bits usually wins. So if somebody pins you to your car and you pull your gun and just throw around through somebody's fucking spleen, you're probably going to win. Yeah, no, he, he, that's a very good point on this. But, again, is it easier to do so with a fucking Glock or with a fucking snub? With a snub. With the snub, right? Hell, if it's in a jacket pocket... You can do it from in the jacket pocket. I've ruined a jacket just to prove a point before. So. Exactly. And so I think that it's kind of the thing with the, the pocket guns that is like a good point to kind of make for people is like 
don't knock the small guns for their utility. But do accept the proper criticism from people telling you, stop being a bitch and saying you can't conceal a big gun. Right? Yeah. There is room for both discussions. And telling me that you can't carry anything bigger than a shield without printing is just telling me you're lazy about figuring out how to carry a gun. I would agree. But <laughs> lazy hits everybody. And if lazy hits you, you need a you need a gun and the snub is just fine. At so the it, end of the the end of the day, rule number one is the the it's rule number one for a reason. Yeah. It, it's rule number one for a reason. So with that being said, uh, I'm thinking right now we're probably at about what, like an hour into this one, and yeah. it's it's about that time for us to wrap it. So this has been a uh, episode of Hang and Transfer Rants with a little bit of uh, Josh Pate and a little bit of uh, Harambe. We appreciate everybody for listening, and. Uh, I've been what to transfer. I've been M1 Ping. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, And we'll catch you on the next episode. So stay tuned for more of those. And uh, we appreciate you listening.